Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another program. Now, today I'm absolutely over the moon. I've got somebody from the, let's say, the other side of the world, um, somebody who has taken the time from their amazingly busy schedule, just flown in from a, a trip and taking the time to be with us for the next 50 minutes or so. This lady is a leading thinker. Um, just one or two things about her. She's known for her prolific mentorships and, and her educating ability. Um, she's led research into secrets of success. She's interviewed high achievers, Nobel Prize winners, astronauts, Olympians, NBA champions. And I think she's probably the most prolific reader that I've, I've ever come across. Um, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Ruth Gautian. So, Dr. Ruth, if I may call you that, welcome to Leader Manager Coach. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, just so you're aware, our leadership is uh, often based around the beautiful game of soccer, as you call it, or football. But we have people who are coaches, managers in sport, and, and um, I believe people from businesses who also tune into us. Um, Look, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm fascinated by you, your interest in, in achievement. Um, and perhaps we'll come on to that. But just so people know who you are, Dr. Ruth, would you like to just give us a little bit of a background on kind of your, uh, I don't know, just a potted history of how you came to um, the heights that you've got to so far in your life? I, I have, and hopefully there's there's many more to go, but I, I want to make sure that your listeners understand that I'm legit. I actually played the game for many, many, many years. Um, I was left fullback. Our team did really well. So I understand the game really well. I understand what a team is capable of. And even though I haven't laced my cleats in many years, that drive for competition never left. Because once it's in you, it just doesn't, it doesn't go away. So, um, and I, I think that's part of what drove me to do what I'm doing now. I, I study extreme high achievers, as you said, the, the people who have achieved greatness in terms of um, they've really created a paradigm shift. They're moving things forward, but yet they're also giving back in some way. So it's not just a take mentality. It's also very much a give mentality. So that's the astronauts, the Nobel Prize winners, Olympic champions. And it started because I always thought success was for other people. I didn't think that getting that level of success was for us regular people. And then 25 years ago, I started running what's called a combined MD-PhD program for students who get both the MD degree and the PhD degree. They're called physician scientists once they're done. Mm -hmm. And that's when I noticed that their bar is so much higher than I ever thought possible. So it was my students who motivated me. And there were other things that have happened along the way. And then... Um, at the age of 43, while working full-time and raising a family, I decided, let's do one more thing. Let's go back to school and get a degree. So I did. Um, I got my doctorate in adult learning and leadership. I studied success deeply and never stopped since. Years later, I'm still studying it. And I've expanded it from physician scientists, which was my original group, to the astronauts and Nobel Prize winners and CEOs, and maybe one day 
a professional football player. Maybe so one of the listeners right. would like to reach out because I haven't, yeah. I haven't interviewed them yet. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I'm sure in the few minutes that I've listened to you that, um, People don't know what they're missing. Let me say that. To start with. <laughs> uh, I might actually keep you a great big secret, actually, and uh, just, you know, but I won't do that. But I think, you know, that's <laughs> that. So not only this, you you understand playing left fullback. So are you left footed? Let me ask you that one. Are you, are you no, left? no, oh, wow. I'm a righty, but I'm very tall. So I was like the wall. <laughs> no yeah. one was getting past me. <laughs> yeah. right. You're a proper defender. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, let's. It sounds like you found your niche, your love, your passion in terms of this study, this vein of gold that you mine. Is that correct, Ruth? Absolutely. And, and it took me a long time to find it. And, and you'll see, Rob, as we're talking, I, I totally geek out on this. And even though I'm exhausted and flew all night, you could you could tell in my energy levels and you can see me in the in my body language and the way my whole face lights up you know that I am working in my passion space, that I love this. And I get to make people successful. I get to do that. I mean, to me, that's a gift every single day. I love sure. it. I can tell. And it's, it, it, it shines through. And I think, you know, Ruth, um, one of the, the, if not the, one of them, and if it's not the top one, it's got to be in the top three and on, on my own limited small experience on this planet that knowing yourself and finding yourself and knowing when you're on the right path is is up there with the the most important things that you know and i've spent years dragging myself along paths because i thought that's where it was at and so i, I get you totally i think it's beautiful so just going on from that you started with this passion for finding out about why and how and and, and who and is it true that now you've evolved into using that to actually help others or as have those two things kind of one followed the other or were they kind of symbiotic they worked at the same time so i was obsessed with success i needed to know how these people got to be so successful and as i diversified the types of people that i was studying i realized that a nobel prize winner is just like an olympian and if that's the case these are learned skills. And if they're learned skills, I'm an adult educator. I can teach them. So I figured out the four elements of success. I then reversed engineered that path and I created a blueprint for it, which I teach to people. I wrote a book about it called The Success Factor, which is coming out in January. I talk to people, I coach people. This is what I do every day. And one of the first elements, and I'm happy to go through all four if you want. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Well, the first one is we really touched on it. It's finding your passion, finding what it is that you love doing and tapping into that intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation means you're doing it because you love it. You can't see yourself doing anything yeah. else. Yeah. Extrinsic motivation means you're doing it for the awards, the trophies, the diplomas. It's for other people judging you. And when other people judge you, that's not sustainable. Those people either fail out or burn out. But when it comes from within, mm. you, that's what's going to be sustaining. That's what's going to help you. That's what got the Olympians to train an extra year for the Olympics when the Olympics were postponed for a year. But that also means your passion can change. I knew when I 
stopped playing piano, when I stopped playing soccer or football, I knew that that season of my life was over and that's okay. And every single Olympian who I've spoken to, they said they just knew it was time to move on and do something else. It was on their terms. And I think that's why they became so successful. So that's the first one. And if your listeners actually want to find out how to find what their passion is, because just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're passionate about it. Right. I was really good playing left fullback, but there was a time in my life. I just didn't want to play anymore. Mm. So, um, there's something I take people through and it's called a passion audit and a passion audit means you figure out what it is you are good at, what you're not good at, what you're good at, but don't really enjoy and what you would do for free if you could. And there's actually a process I take people through and I call it a passion audit. And I tell people, whenever you have a transition in your life, you're moving, you're changing jobs, you have a partner, you have a child, you have a pandemic you're dealing with. It's time to really look at that passion audit again. So if your listeners want to actually download it, they can download it for free. It's right on my website, ruthgotian.com slash passion audit. So it's Ruth, R-U-T-H, Gotian, G-O-T-I-A-N. We'll put all your stuff in the show notes, Dr. Ruth, so that um, it's there. So we'll we'll do that. Um, Awesome. Perfect. I think you should share, don't share all of it. And then they're going to have to get the book because this book needs to be read. So we'll just uh, keep it. The book will also tell them how to apply it, how to apply these things. And what's so good, and I'll get to two, three, and four, you actually hear the stories of the extreme high achievers, of the astronaut who, um, you know, when I talk about perseverance, which is the second one, I talk about the astronaut who for 10 years applied to be an astronaut and wasn't accepted. For 10 years, I'd probably give up. She went after it for 10 years. She finally made it. She later became the NASA chief astronaut. And she spent more days in space than any American astronaut of any gender. Beautiful. If perseverance. Ruth, one of the things that I'm going to keep this really brief. This is not about me. I I often say about myself, the only thing I've got to offer is persistence. That's, I don't know. It's kind of my last ditch. Well, whatever. I I might stand up. Well, I will stand up once more. So, you know, I I get Ah. that. And I love to hear stories about that, you know, because that's all I feel I've got to offer myself. But, you know. Well, I think you have more than that. But that's really important because if you're not good at it, but you just keep working, that's not going to help. But, you know, I spoke to the other kind of football, (laughs) Um, Curtis Martin, who's an NFL hall of famer. And he said he wasn't the biggest guy on the team. He wasn't the most technical, but he outworked everybody. No one was going to call him lazy. And he had some natural talent. So when you put natural talent with that passion, with the, desire to outwork everyone you're going to get noticed and he's in the hall of fame wow yeah um i'm i'm not going to embarrass you here because i'm sure there's more books on this planet than we'll both ever read even if we just read twice as much as you've already but there's a book called captain class i don't know whether you've heard of it which is okay captain class um about the most successful teams 
And the guy has done some decent research. And basically he says that there is a common denominator. And one of the common denominators, or he reckons it's the common denominator, is, is a particular kind of leader in, in that group of people who basically represents, Ruth, what you're saying. So there's got to be somebody who is capable of bringing others through via whatever means, inspiration or, or encouragement or leading the vanguard, but has to have what you're saying. Um, yeah. uh, and, and it's never, or is it, it's not, it's got not going to be Maradona or Pele or the best player. It's well, you're talking my the, generation now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the one who's got your, the characteristics you talk about. Um, yeah. So, yeah. hey, brilliant. Yeah. Carry on, carry on. This is fantastic. You are a hundred percent right. And you just brought me back, back when you said Pele and <laughs> like those, I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we talked about intrinsic motivation and we talked about the persistence, right? You hear yeah. resilience and grid and whatever word you want to use. The third one is they have a really strong foundation, which they're constantly reinforcing. They're not going to say, I won a gold medal in the Olympics or I won the Nobel prize. I don't need to do the basic stuff anymore. So let's talk about football, right? You could be the, the world champion, the world cup champion, you still got to dribble at the beginning to warm up. That doesn't change. No. You still have to do. And you did those same dribbles early on in your career. And you're going to do it now because if you don't have ball control, you're not, you're not going to succeed and you never want to let that go. So you have a super strong foundation and you're constantly, constantly reinforcing. That if doesn't that, change. Like fundamentals yeah the fundamentals oh, it's fundamental i i spoke to um uh kayla kayla harrington who's a two-time olympic gold medalist in women's judo she said everything she learned about judo she learned in her first six months and then she spent the rest of her career perfecting it do you know what it's right? just beautiful it's just beautiful yeah yeah isn't yeah that true though isn't that true yeah, because yeah, I can take any young footballer and I can guarantee they can all dribble, they can all trap the ball or control the ball, they mm -hmm. can all shoot, they can all pass. But there's a world of difference between the quality of, of, of all of just those four key skills. Yeah. And that's right. you got it. You got it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you can't stop. No matter how good you are, that's how you start every practice. So that's the third one. Now the last one is. They're not going to say, I know it all. There's nothing more for me to learn. So if you think of the billionaires of the world, the Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Cuban, they read three to eight hours a day. To me, I'm an academic. That sounds like heaven. For most people, that's a little much. Most people don't have three to eight hours to read. But the point is, it's not that reading made them so successful. It's that they were open to new knowledge. So what are some other ways that you can open yourself up to new knowledge, right? So if we're going to talk about football, well, sure, you can read books and autobiographies on all the greats, on the Pele's, on the Maradona's, all of them. You can also read articles and interviews about them. You can listen to podcasts such as this one and learn about what it is that they do and how they get into the right mindset. You can watch endless videos on YouTube in order to learn some new skills and perfect the skills. 
there's so many ways that you can that you can do it. It's not just about reading three to eight hours a day. The point is that all of these people are constantly learning. Look, you've been playing for years, but we're still chatting because there's something new that you can learn. NBA teams, they bring in keynote speakers for their motivational speakers all the time. Mm. These are NBA players, champions. That's the top. Right? And they're still getting people to come mm. in to talk to them. So you can, you can still learn from other people who are around you. You can learn from books. You can learn from blogs. You can learn from articles. You can learn from YouTube, from podcasts. But also, I don't know of a single high achiever who doesn't have a mentor who they turn to. And not just one mentor, but a team of mentors. Because a team of mentors... These are people who believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And if you had a bad game or a series of bad games or a series of best uh, bad practices, you're so deep inside the jar. You can't read the label that's on the outside. Yeah. So you need a mentor who's going to help you get out of that funk. Yeah. Make you realize this is only temporary. Yeah. And help you figure out, okay, what is it that you need to do? in order yeah. to get out of this funk and to move your career forward. So yeah. those are the four. Wow. You, you, you don't just give a little bit of value. You give it all away. Uh, I, well, the book, the success factor will actually tell you how to implement all of this. And look, I, I'm an adult educator. And one of the things I know well is that you and I learn differently because we're not the same person. Mm. What works for me will not work for you. And what works for me today may not work yeah. for me in a year from now. So what I did in the book was I actually gave options. I gave a buffet of options. So if we're talking about intrinsic motivation, I give you different ways that you can tap into it, different ways that you can find it, different ways that you can build it I so that wait. you can try different things out. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. Okay. Here's a question for you. Do you remember the first book or yeah, the first kind of book that you went, wow, like a success book or a positive mental attitude book or, 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 or is it just, you know, is that not a question that you can answer? There's so many because I read 70 to hundred books a year. So there's, well, you know what? Here's a book I just read on the plane which was, I, I reached out to, I happened to know the author because he's in my book. He's a Nobel Prize winner, which I thought was incredible. It's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Stockholm. <laughs> right. Stock, Stockholm is where they give out the Nobel Prizes. And it's by um, Dr. Bob Lefkowitz, Robert Lefkowitz. And it's his autobiography. And he is just deliciously self-deprecating and it's hysterical. I was laughing out loud on the plane. But there were so many lessons that he learned at different points of his life. And it was lessons on success that he learned from random people, a football coach, a scientist, a colleague. He learned these, these different things from different people. But the, yeah. the point is, he was open to learning it. Yeah. Remember I said that last thing? Yeah. You have to yeah. be open to new knowledge. He was always open to it. So um, I, I thought that was a great book that I just read. Wow. 
So just on that, on on just keeping a track of the time here, Doctor, so that we can get as much as we can here. But um, just on your reading strategy, mm-hmm. do you uh, do you just how do you read a book? Okay, here's like a kind of technical question: How do you read a book if that's not a silly question? Because you read so much. I read three books at a time, actually. <laughs> so Does that works for um, you, yeah. So, yes. So it's three different genres that I'm reading simultaneously. So on my commute, I have a long commute to work. I actually listen to books. Mm. Um, And I will listen to um, mostly autobiographies and some leadership books. Um, When I read print books, those are leadership books leadership success, because I like to write in the margins and highlight and take notes and things like that. And I also write a lot in Forbes where I have a column where I write about these, um, these kind of books and ideas. And then on the Kindle, that's what I read at the end of the day when it's my me time, when I'm tired, those that's just for pleasure reading. There's no thinking involved whatsoever. The other two there's thinking involved. It's nice to hear that somebody like you actually does a little bit of pleasure reading because I've got oh, a long so much. So yeah, those great. are the books I actually devour and read really fast because, because it's for pure enjoyment. There's nothing I really need to learn. I just need to enjoy it. And when they make a TV movie out of it, I get very upset because it's never as good as the book. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And just on that, um, I'm just getting into um, Springs Bruce's, Bruce's Born to Run, you know, because yeah. he is just the epitome of like somebody doing what they love. You know, he, you couldn't make him into anything else. That's right. He, he has completely lived his brutal dream, you know, and he's still doing it. Bless him. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> so, now that's... um. Wonderful. Okay. Here's another question for you from somebody who's studied all this. Maybe you can share this. Maybe you can't. What's been your biggest challenge for you in your life that, that you've had to dig deep? Is if that's, if you can share that, I don't know if you can. Look, there's, there's a lot of them, but, um, I think being overlooked is an enormous challenge. and people questioning you if it can be done is a big challenge. But look, I was an athlete growing up and the more someone tells me something's impossible, the more I think to myself, you might as well just get out of my way because this is going to happen. And that's what happened with the doctorate. And that's why I did it. And that's why I did it at a later stage in my life. And that's why I did it while working full time. And that's why I did it at lightning speed. And I'm told I did a really good job. So like I said, wow. either get on the train or get off because <laughs> you're going to do it no, anyway. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to do it. So you're either yeah, on board or you're not. Oh, you're not. Wow. That, that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Who? Okay. This is, I suppose, really. I don't, you know, this may, might be a question. Who, who's, who have you interviewed that um, su- has surprised you? Who, who surprised you that maybe, maybe you didn't ever prejudge, but maybe you just think, well, maybe this person's not, you know, uh, has anybody surprised you? Yeah. Um, an Olympian. Yeah. 
um, Apollo Anton Ono. He is the most decorated winter Olympian. He has eight Olympic medals, short track speed skater. He, um, he retired from speed skating, but I'm used to talking to Olympians all the time. Right. I was not expecting the conversation that we had. Apollo is deep. He reads the same books that I read. He knows his stuff inside and out. I felt like I was talking to a colleague. It was really, truly impressive. Truly impressive. On the outside, you would never have um, expected that, no. It never would have occurred to me that he studied motivation and success from the same lens that I was studying it. We were reading the same books. He knew the theories I was talking about. It was truly a pleasure and not what I was expecting at all. Do you, do you still have that experience, Dr. Ruth, of having to put a book down, walk away and let, let something sink in? All the time. All the time. Because what we know in adult learning is that you don't just learn from reading. You don't just learn from doing. You learn from the reflection on what you learned Mm -hmm. and then changing your action as a result. So I am an extrovert, which means I cannot reflect on command. My reflection can come an hour later, a day later, a week later, a month later. It'll come. And when it does, I... I'm like, you know, my dad called me a, a tornado because I just, I just come through Yeah. because once the idea is there and you understand it and it clicks, it's just, it's incredible. And you, you can't unsee it. It's fun. <laughs> wow. So, um, just on your, so, okay. Just at the moment, what do you spend your time doing kind of thing? Are you, you're obviously a prolific self learner for your, from a personal point of view and, and a professional point of view, because I'm sure there's a, a, a blurred boundary between those because of your love for what you do. Yeah. Um, do you, you obviously write by, by, you know, in, in you know, the, the esteemed, blimey, um, you know, esteemed uh, publication nature, you know, which even I've heard, you know, heard of that, that's, that's up there. If something's in there, yeah. It's got a pretty decent research base to it, I believe, you know, so um, you write, you read, do you mentor people as well as interview them? I mentor many, many, many people. Um, I mentor people. I coach people. Um, I, I do write for Nature and Harvard Business Review and Forbes and Psychology Today. And I um, also wrote a book about success. So called the success factor, which is my, my love. Yeah. I love. So that's like, a, so up to now, this is like a culmination of all the work you've ever put in that people can get in, in a, in a couple hundred pages or whatever it is. Yeah. 227 pages. Beautiful. I just looked through the proof, but it's the reason I love it is because I don't think anybody says I want to be average. I don't think people wake up in the morning saying, no. How can I aim for average today? I think people really want to be successful, but they don't always know how to get there. They talk about one day. So I am hoping that this book, The Success Factor, can help turn one day and make it into day one for everyone. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get a little bit specific as we get towards the end of this so you can go. Okay. So two key demographics of this 
podcast, one are players, particularly mm-hmm. young players. So my question to you is to really squeeze all the juice out of the lemon here, Dr. <laughs> if you could say one, one thing to a young player who's got stars in their eyes about making it to a professional level, which, which a lot of young boys in the UK, that's probably the number one ambition because that's, you know, used to, I think it was a train driver and a fireman probably 50, 50, 100 years ago, maybe, but now it's to be a professional footballer. Well, probably you've got, some big, you've got some big role models there. What would you say to a young boy or lady, you know, young girl, blah, you know, a, a young person who's thinking that's what I want in my life. What would Dr. Ruth say to that youngster? So remember the four things we talked about, yeah. make sure you love it. You wake up in the morning. It's all you can think about. If it's all you can think about, you've tapped into your passion. That's step one. Next comes the three things to how you're going to do it, right? You're going to outwork everyone. Mm. You're going to keep doing your basic drills. I don't care how good you are. You're going to keep doing them. And you're going to constantly learn through informal means. That could be talking to your coaches, talking to your teammates, watching videos, reading about some of the greats, whatever it is that'll work for you. Those four points. Then when you become professional and you make it big, look me up because I'll want to interview you. Perfect. Okay. And the second question, which I'm so aware that you've given us kind of the principles that are not going to change here, but I don't know how many actual coaches you've interviewed people. I suppose people of the, of the demographic of yourself who actually help other people or mentor other people mm-hmm. or who, whose role in life is to facilitate the success of others. Yep. What's your favorite thing or what, what could you leave them with? So you've got a coach out there who's got a team and a squad and, and, and is aiming to be the next, you know, uh, successful coach to, to bring the team on. What, what, what does Dr. Ruth say to that person? You know, I think the most fascinating coach who I interviewed was Steve Kerr, who's an eight-time NBA champion. What's and his surname, Steve? Kerr, K-E-R-R. Uh-huh. And he is the coach of the Golden State Warriors, the NBA team. And he made it very clear that you have to live out your values. Figure out what your values are and bring them into your work. And that's what he does as a coach. And one of his values is the love of the game. You can't ever lose the love of the game. So how do you keep that joy when you're doing those drills that are kind of mind numbing, right? Nobody likes to do drills. Come on, let's face it. Nobody likes to do it. How do you bring the joy back into that, right? So he blasts music on the speaker, right? Yeah. Makes makes it like a party. Yeah. So, and, and that's because the joy of the game is one of his values. So yeah. figure out for the coaches, what are your values and how can you embed that into the work that you're doing? Because if you're not living up to your values as you're coaching, your players are going to see it. Yeah. And then, and then. People aren't silly. People aren't daft, are they? People know, you they know, know, we think people can't see things, but. You no, know. They, can. <laughs> they can yeah transparency doesn't take long does it if you maybe maybe it does take a while for some people who are very good but it yes. ultimately falls down now huh? the, the, the facade yeah that's right 
That's right. And if you want people to follow you, you have to stand for something. Yeah. Which takes us back to the first thing about doing what you love because you, mm-hmm. you're being yourself. It's, it's kind of the circles or we've kind of gone around the circle, Ruth, Dr. Ruth. Yeah. It, but that's the most important part. So the, the whole thing is that you must do all four elements. You cannot pick and choose and say, today I'll do one and two, tomorrow I'll do three and four. You must do all four, but you cannot do two, three, and four until you've done the first one, mm-hmm. which is finding your intrinsic motivation. That's the first one. So you need to spend time on that. You know how to outwork everyone, but make sure you're outworking everyone on something that you love doing. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you won't stick at it. It's 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 a miserable miserable life, huh? That's right. And when you love doing it, you're going to do it for hours. You're not even going to notice the clock. We call that a state of flow. You're not tired. You're not hungry. You don't need to go to the bathroom. You're not stiff. You just want to do more and more and more and more and more until you get it right. You know, those people, those are the people who will practice their kicks over and over and over and over and over again until the sun goes down because they're, they're just so into it and they want to get it right. So beautiful, Dr. Ruth. And um, again, this is your stage, but one, just I need to share this because it resonates with what you've said is that maybe the book that I, that has had, if it hasn't had the biggest impact, it's up there was George Leonard's mastery, a book called mastery. It's only a hundred odd pages by George Leonard who talks about two things. He talks about falling in love with the practice and loving the plateau. And it it just resonates with me that, you know, you're going to be on a plateau where, you know, it's not going to be exciting. It's not going to be stars, stripes. There's no, there's going to be nobody there except you and your mat, you and your ball, you, you and your, and if you can, if you can fall in love with that, then you've got a chance. Yeah. So that's right. Uh, that's yeah. right. You got it. So true. Listen, um, Dr. Ruth, I, I could keep asking you questions, but um, I think we've done remarkably well in, uh, well, just over 35, 40 minutes or something. So I think we've done great. Yeah. I think now people are ready to be successful. Everyone's ready now to make one day and turn it into day one. Okay, well, I'm going to make you a, a promise that I'm going to I'm going to get that book as soon as it's out because um, you know, I, I'll definitely share this podcast even though I think you're the world's best kept secret. Um Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and when I come to the UK, I'll sign it for you. Oh, brilliant. Do you know what? Let's make let's make that happen when you come. Yeah, I'll I'll wherever you are, I'll be down and you can um Yeah, that would be wonderful. Maybe I'll dig out my old cleats while I'm at it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I so appreciate the commitment you've made. Um, it says buckets about uh, about everything you live. You live your values. And um, Dr. Ruth, just before we close, how can people get hold of you if uh, if they want to find out more about your work? Sure. So my website is ruthgotian.com, R-U-T-H-G, like Gary, O-T, like Tom, I-A, and like Nancy.com. That's where you can also find the passion audit. You can find information on mentoring teams um, and all the social media. It's just my name and the book, The Success Factor. It's actually available for pre-sale everywhere now. And in the UK, it drops on January 3rd. So if you pre-order now, it'll appear on your doorstep. 
Absolutely wonderful. Dr. Ruth, I can't thank you enough. I'm going to let you go because I know you've got another commitment. Um, thank you for so, so much for your time. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Blimey, I feel like the luckiest man in the world here getting all this stuff. And it's, Aww, you know, it's it is my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so, okay. take care. Bye-bye. Bye. The Leader Manager Coach Podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful, and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport, and life. Leader Manager Coach. For the game. For life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store.